I'm Lucy Barkas, and this is the Leader X Podcast. After chatting with Kelly Swingler about tribes and belonging, it really got me thinking about how to create a sense of belonging when all of our teams, or at least some of them, are remote. Now, many leaders have experienced the complexities of leading agile and remote teams for years. And my first experience was in my early 30s when I ran three functions from three different locations. I worked at least one day per week from each location just to stay connected and to feel present. My time was spent uh, connecting, chatting, building relationships. But that then meant cramming all the other meetings and the actual deliverable work into just two days. It was absolutely done with the right intention, but I got burnt out. So whether you're running a multi-site team or have salespeople who are home-based and on the road most of the time, or even part-time workers who can't always make it to the office um, for meetings or, or those important social gatherings, well, when we used to have them, this hybrid working has always existed in some format. And it's really hard to maintain a sense of connection but it is possible. Um, Now, when most leaders have people working from home or coming into the office just on occasional days, I think everybody understands the the challenges. So looking at tribes a little bit more, I I really first encountered the idea of tribes from a brilliant book called Moral Tribes, uh, Emotion, Reason and the Gap Between Us and Them by a a great author called Robert Greene. Now, being a social scientist, I loved it um, because it really was uh, an exploration into how tribes form, the impact they have on people and society and how they form these rituals and customs that that create this loyalty. The book explained a lot and he talked about the different tribes which we all voluntarily subscribe and sometimes forced into and this innate need to belong. It also explains why some people choose to join groups that are either politically, socioeconomically harmful or gangs or extreme religious groups and what we can learn from them. But fundamentally, we all need to feel part of something bigger than ourselves. Each group holds its own customs and values and culture. It will have rituals and ceremonies to enforce and strengthen that unity and create that loyalty. Now, I'm a scout leader. And we have exactly the same principles. You know, when you join, you're invested into the section and you get a uniform. Um, you know, the necker is the, the global symbol of the scouts. And, but you also get part, uh, become part of the global scouting family. And that's something that, you know, huge, this, this sense of wherever I go, I fit in. I've got friends. So we wear the uniforms, we earn the badges, um, you can get promoted. Uh, We sing songs together and have our opening and closing ceremonies and honour the promise and values. Yet each section is different. It's got its own style based on the leaders, the location and the country of origin um, and the young people within it. You can be an individual even within a tribe and your families are no different. Again, each one has its own values and belief systems. You ask one family about their Christmas traditions and you'll hear a hundred different variations. And of course, we understand the term black sheep of the family and it's deemed to be the person who doesn't follow the rules. In school, we have our house systems. In sports teams, we hold an allegiance to the club. Tribes are everywhere 
and within organisations too. Each team or function creates some kind of identity and a way of doing things. It's why the sales team blames the product or marketing team for poor sales or why the customer service team moans about the billing team. The, the team itself is a tribe. The function is a tribe. It's you know, made up of lots of different individuals and the individuals almost don't matter as a collective because everybody's buying into the, the cultures, the systems and the norms. So as leaders of business, you need to start thinking about how you can create that same tribal unity and belonging to the whole organization. And it is easier than you think. Having a strong purpose, mission and value system is the first place to start. You know, it's about being able to say to your people, this is what I believe in. This is where we're heading. This is why it's important. And, and come along with the journey, buy into it. It's like a rally call. And then, you know, part of that aligning your people is creating the strategy, getting them involved, setting the direction and then letting them go free. And there's also the branding, which plays a huge part, um, you know, whether it's the logo, the colours, the, the culture, the dress code, it all acts to create this kind of unity. But one person can have the biggest impact overall, and that is the leader, the CEO, whatever you want to call them. They need to be visible, they need to be present, and they need to be accessible. You know, they're, they're not gods um, or some majestic creature who is only wheeled out during massive ceremonies. They need to be there all the time. And in the virtual world with technology, everything is so much easier. When a leader chooses to broadcast uh, a weekly podcast or a video or a webinar, or do live chats, or even do an audio or video newsletter, it's their voice, it's their words. Um, it's more personal because it's going into people's homes, it's going into people's ears. You know, that they will share their personal key messages, maybe that call to arms, uh, personal mentions about particular people that have stood out or done great work. They celebrate the successes and it goes straight to the hearts and minds of the people. And you know what? I love it when I see the, the CEO or the leader in their more natural habitat. Um, so if they're recording it from their homes or whilst out on a walk with their family, even better, because it takes down that work mask and makes them feel more approachable, more human. So what can we learn from the more experienced leaders that are out there doing this belonging thing, um, this tribal thing really well so that it can be translated into your current leadership challenges? Well, I'm going to share some of that with you now. So it's long been known that a sense of belonging or relatedness is a huge intrinsic motivator. In the self-determination theory, there are three core psychological needs that must be met to feel that inner motivation. The first one is autonomy, which is a very leader X value. And that's being able to make choices for oneself. You, you'd think that um, would be an abundance with remote working, but believe me, those micromanagers can still monitor everything and be constantly on you, you know, stalking you every time you go to the toilet or log off. There's nothing more demoralizing, frustrating and stressful because you're taking away autonomy. And number two is competence. And that's the feeling like you're doing a good job, that you're good at your job. You're trusted to do your job and acknowledged and valued. And again, it's pretty tough in a low feedback or low praise organization or if you're being micromanaged. So again, look at how, 
how much you're making your people feel competent in the work they do. Because just a simple thanks and an acknowledgement can go a lot, a long, long way to, to creating that unity and that belonging. Don't forget to subscribe to the podcast and head over to the website www.3wh.uk.com. That's the number three and the letters W and H. And there you can subscribe to the newsletter. You can also take the Leader X quiz and test how Leader X you really are. And coming up next week, we chat to Elizabeth Lutardo, who explains why in the future the art of noble sales is the key to success. So then we come on to the number three, which is this relatedness. And that is the feeling of belonging, like you're part of something bigger. And this is really challenging when you're sat in your, I don't know, home office or in your bedroom all day without actually seeing your colleagues. So what can be done about it? Okay. Now, a sense of belonging comes from a feeling of being safe and valued for what you have to offer. And feeling like your contribution towards a team or a group goal is really making a difference. Now, after six months or more of working remotely, many people are really beginning to feel a sense of loneliness and isolation when all the meetings and discussions are just work focused. They're, they're super efficient, output focused and all about the tasks. We kind of lose a sense of ourselves. You may have heard of many companies installing table tennis rooms or running um, running groups on site or health and, and social groups. This wasn't a gimmick. It was a proactive approach to bring in the whole person into the workplace, to remove the masks um, and to relax into being themselves. And in the virtual world, the social hangouts or afternoon teas, pub quizzes and curry nights, they continued um, with teams you know, and wider teams so that people could still feel connected to their colleagues. That scheduled weekly 30-minute call to employees where you simply chat about how they're doing, what they're up to at the weekend, what it's all about, what's on their mind. Uh, they're, they're not output or agendered um, conversations. They're just conversations that have a really positive impact if the other person is genuinely interested. That's the caveat. So you see... When you think about Maslow's hierarchy of needs, the social element is right there in the heart of that very basic human need. We all need to feel loved and supported and a sense of belonging if we are to be happy, if we are to be motivated individuals. So these virtual water cooler moments, these um, almost spontaneous chats that erupt might need to be scheduled, but the conversations can be as free flowing as the water. Even doing icebreakers, um, you know, at the start of a, a meeting to share maybe a favourite picture that they've taken at the weekend or an item in their homes that has some significant meaning, their favourite book or album on their shelves. All of those are creating those connected kind of conversations. So in a remote or hybrid world, these connection moments need to be proactive and perhaps initially a little bit prescribed until it becomes part of the culture. Change your mindset so that connection and creating safety is your number one priority. But it might become common for your team to only talk to their direct team members or project teams. And that's one of the real dangers that we're already seeing. 
the contact with other functions and departments may just fall to email or only potentially, you know, non-existent. This is dangerous. It creates these silos. It, it creates the most harmful tribes of us and them. It makes cliques even more apparent. So a great idea is to set up proactively a tribe, but more like the old house system of your school days. You might assign, you know, um, different people a colour, red, yellow, blue or green, or maybe they're a Hufflepuff and a Gryffindor. Creating these sub-tribes that span functions and even country zones, so they're not in function or hierarchy specific, really creates this connection across your business. These tribes or houses can have their own hangouts or socials, perhaps even house competitions, or encourage social meetings between team members. We all work on goodwill and networks, so finding ways to create this hybrid world is a good business idea. It's good business strategy. So playing into this a little bit is then the competence factor. Everybody needs praise and recognition. You know how it is in the face-to-face -face world. You do a good piece of work or contribute in a meeting and somebody catches you afterwards and says, hey, that was great, nice one, or bumps into you in the parking lot and says, I really like that idea you shared. It's these impromptu recognitions that um, we don't really realise at the time have such a significant impact. So whether you're the leader, a co-worker or whoever, if you appreciate somebody, tell them, role model it, mention it in a meeting, send a thank you card or, or send them a gift. Make your people feel appreciated. And while we're on the subject of sending gifts, it's actually really important to set a budget aside for it. If it's their birthday, send them a card and a little gift. If they've done a good job, send them some appreciation, a parcel or even a digital product. Send a personalised note with it showing that you're thinking about them, a handwritten one, even better. It really does make people feel special and like they, they've been seen, like they've been acknowledged and like they belong. So the final component of the self-determination theory is autonomy. You have, to give, uh, you have to give autonomy to get it back. I love the, the blocks of uninterrupted time. Um, I get to deliver my work whilst working remotely. If I had a boss, they might think I'm not actively working because I turn off my mobile, turn off my emails, and I get focused. This requires trust and communication. You know, communicate with your employees or your team members how you like to work and then ask to be trusted to deliver. Let people go offline to get work done. Um, give them the autonomy to make decisions about how they like to work and allow them to do it. As long as they're delivering the output, does it matter when or how they do it? So remember, if you've spent more time talking and relating to just a few team members more than others, perhaps it's time for you to, you know, reach out to those that you haven't spoken to whether it's in person, on site, or on a telephone call, make a concerted effort to connect with them. You know, whether it's today, this week, this month, but don't let them feel cast aside, left out, or, or lonely. So as a leader, your job is to take care of your people. I'm gonna repeat that because it's really important. Your job is to take care of your people. Give them a vision, Give them something to believe in, align them around it, and then give them the tools, the space and autonomy to deliver. 
But making that care part, part of your daily practice is essential. Now, Leader X values autonomy. They value relationships and freedom. So this becomes kind of second nature to them. But even they are struggling to adapt to the new way of working. So design your leadership and organisation to embed these values as a daily practice. And honestly, you'll see the benefit. And then read Leader X to get more tips and tools for liberated teams. And get in touch if you need more support, coaching, workshops or any kind of consultancy. You really aren't alone. So that's it for today. Make sure you're subscribed and look out for new episodes as they appear in your feed. And don't forget, there's more on the guests in the show notes.